Welcome to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat, where I talk to entrepreneurs and business people from all walks of life and all levels of success, from millionaires to the people who are just starting out and everyone in between. My objective is not only to learn about their businesses and goals, but about their challenges and fears as well, all with the hopes of helping them and you find a pathway to success. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am so excited that you are joining me today for a conversation with my friend, Mark Firth. And Mark is a LinkedIn consultant and expert who helps business owners own their niche and get nonstop new clients via social media. His mission is to help business owners know exactly where their next client is coming from, that they have a B2B sales and marketing system based around LinkedIn that will consistently and predictably produce new qualified and interested prospects, and then a system that allows them to easily convert those prospects into clients. Now, Mark has been in a situation like many of our listeners because he spent most of his working life in the corporate world and realized he was extremely unhappy and until he one day had enough and left to go out on his own and now he helps other consultants and coaches who are on their own fill their uh, pipeline so that they can stay out on their own longer. And uh, we'll go into just how that works and I definitely want to get into some of Mark's background. But Mark, welcome to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. Hi Andy, great to be here. Great to be here. At last. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and I forgot to mention also Mark uh, lives in Bogota, Colombia with his wife and his son, Sam, who's 20 months old. And Mark, uh, interesting, you and I have gotten to know each other over the last couple of months. I actually heard you on another podcast that I randomly decided to listen to. It was for coaches and consultants, I think. And I listened to probably one episode of that podcast and it was you and I reached out to connect and uh, you, you reeled me in through your funnel. Uh, no, we, we, had a genuine, we had a genuine conversation, which is what I really like about you and how you run your business and how you approach things and um, for helping other people is that you are a genuine, authentic person and we, we, you run a business that way. And we've, I think, already built a pretty good friendship. And full disclosure for our listeners, I have my business partner, Ben, and I have already hired Mark to help us with our LinkedIn strategy. But I thought that uh, he would have some good stuff to share with our listeners today. Before we get to that, Mark, uh, let's start with a little bit of your background and your origin story and how you got to where you are today. All right. I'll give a very brief one. I won't go into a book, but to cut a long story short, I grew up, you can probably tell I'm, I'm not from the United States. I grew up in a, a city called Nottingham in the United Kingdom, which unless you've heard of Robin Hood, you've probably not heard of Nottingham, but yeah, let's not spend much time on I went to university. I studied business simply because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Got to the end of the university, I was like, I don't know what to do. So like many people of my era, we're talking 2003, I fell into sales. I started off doing cold calling, which I hated, blessing in disguise. I've been able to use those skills now. You never know, you know, it's not, I won't digress, but all this stuff you do through life. When I was selling for companies like Siemens and other huge, selling to companies like Pepsi, GlaxoSmithKline, big kind of technology deals, as Andy touched on, hated it quit it, came on a year out to Colombia, and that year out is now seven. So I stayed here and started my business, going back to what I knew, B2B and LinkedIn. Yeah, there it is, uh, a whole, whole career in a nutshell, and, and I can relate to that. And, and you know what you were saying about sales being you know, the thing that kind of made sense at the time, and it wasn't something that you necessarily enjoyed or maybe even that good at, but you, 
then again, you learn to skill and it's all, everything we do is, is part of the journey that got us to where we are today, right? Exactly. And, and that's a really interesting one I want, I want to touch on because I've mentioned I'm working with a guy called Simon Lovell. And what he did, because like, this is a really interesting thing. I don't know if anyone that's left corporate can kind of relate to this. I hated that job so much. I, you know, I did well. I did fantastic. I had a flat in London, still have it. You know, I earned good money and, and great commissions, but I was very unhappy. And it was so kind. I was so unhappy. Once I left that, I kind of compartmentalized all this experience as something I don't want to go back to. And so I was trying to go down and do all this other stuff, shiny object syndrome. And it was working with a mentor who actually brought me back to what I'd done for a decade. Sounds simple, yeah, but it, it's not that easy when you do something you don't enjoy. So I thought I'd just add that to it, you know? I, I went back to what I was doing before, but helping people and selling something I believe in. Right, yeah, going back and, and basically speaking to yourself that was yeah. in that career, right? So how did you decide, it sounds like you were, you were working, you were working in sales, you were not that happy, but you were making good money. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to this and they might say, oh, I wish I could go do something else, but if the money's good and I want to provide and have a nice life and I like this nice car I'm driving, like, how do you make that decision to actually walk away from that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if anyone's seen the uh, Netflix documentary about Jim Carrey. I can't remember the, the, the character. I, the name escapes me, but it's, mm. it's about the whole idea, the whole concept of this documentary is about wearing a mask and being someone you aren't. And when I left university, it was pretty easy to wear a mask. You know, I didn't have a care in the world. You know, it was about going out, drinking after work, making some money, seeing my friends. As I gradually progressed through my 30s, no, my 20s, sorry, because I thought I was 29, 30, it became harder and harder to wear that mask. That is to say, it became harder to sell something I didn't believe in. It became harder to be in a place where I didn't feel um, that I, I fitted in. It became harder to kind of look at the people a few years ahead and say to myself, I don't want to be there. And as you creep up to 30, 30, you kind of come to this realization, I can't do this. I really can't do this. And if I do this, my blood pressure was up. Like it, it wasn't just the kind of mindset stuff. There were actually physical manifestations of wearing this mask and doing something that I really didn't want to do. So it kind of got to the point where, look, I've got to do this. This has got to happen. It's like to quote Tony Robbins, what was a should became a must for the sake of my health. It was that serious. And once you take that decision, there's no going back. And I did it. And I honestly didn't know where I'd end up. If you said to me the day I quit that job, in a decade, you'll be in Colombia running your own business, talking to Andy, Andy on this podcast, I know you're crazy. But yeah, there we go. That's, that's what's happened. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. What, uh, and all of that and all of the things I did brought us to this point, this moment. Yeah, uh, exactly. This interview. So when you quit that job, you decided that it became a must for your health. Yeah. Uh, did you have money saved up? Did you, did you need to find something else right away? And what, what did you do then? So I had money saved up and I literally booked around the world flight. Columbia wasn't on that map, actually. It was just a few through pure kind of coincidence. I ended up here. I was working in Vancouver and nothing against Vancouver. It wasn't the place for me at that time in my life. And uh, I met someone that was working in Columbia and he recommended it. And seven years ago, Columbia was, was, was kind of just opening up and it kind of yeah. appealed to me for whatever reason, came here and um, decided that after a year, I didn't want to go back. So yeah, I, I kind of lived off the money for a while. And, and then when, it, when, when that ran out, <laughs> for yeah. want of a better phrase, it was time to start doing a business, start, start the business. 
Yeah. So you you were actually traveling for a little while and spent yeah. a year in Colombia, uh, yeah. living off of the savings that you had built up. Uh, well, I actually did a, I actually did a teaching job for a while because I okay. just wanted to try it out. Yeah. Cool. So you were teaching English in Colombia. In yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, going back to skills, I never thought I'd use the skills from that, but it taught me to use much simpler language and be much clearer in my communication, which I've discovered is amazing when I'm doing videos on, on the internet. Interesting. Okay. I was going to ask you, what was one of the big lessons that you, you pulled out of yeah. that? And uh, just for our listeners that I'm assuming most of them haven't been to Colombia, it's been on my bucket list for quite some time and wanting to go, but I haven't visited. What is it about Colombia that, uh, that sucked you in and just made you want to stay there? It's a great question. And I, I just think it's, I just think it's a lifestyle. I mean, until you come here and experience the difference in the way uh, the societies are general, obviously c- culture is, is a very intangible thing and there are differences throughout the country, but as a general, generality, that, that the approach to life is a, is a little bit more different to the kind of the United Kingdom where it's the Protestant work ethic, work hard, work hard, get rewarded. Whereas in Colombia, it's a little bit, in my opinion, I can only share my experience before we get people writing from Colombia. This is my opinion. Uh, <laughs> it's just a more relaxed view on, on life. And I enjoy working with my clients in the States, the UK. And then once I come off these kind of calls, my coaching calls, back into kind of the Colombian lifestyle. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy lifestyle. You know, I, I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, I look forward to checking it out one day. I know I joke with you all the time that uh, yeah. you got to watch out because if I make enough money this year, I'm going to bring my family down to visit you. Oh, um, yeah. It's awesome. I, I can't wait. So let's get back to your career in business. You mentioned a mentor that has been really influential to you. And yeah. I've talked with so many people on this podcast about their journeys and mentors and coaches come up a lot. And so I know you know how important that is. So how did you meet this mentor and what uh, influence did that have on your life and career? So I met Simon through, he just like, he just came into my world on social media. I don't know how he did it, but that's exactly what I do now with my clients. They just come into my world and, and you kind of see he, Simon's great at telling stories. And I just really related with his story and where he came from, not just because he's British, but just the kind of story and what he talks about, what he'd been through and the fact he had results that I wanted. That for me is the two main criteria in a mentor. One, do they share my values? Two, do they have the results that I want? And that was kind of what happened with Simon. Um, and the, the, the results, the impact on my life, they couldn't be more transformational. And the reason for that is what Simon does very well, I think we discussed on Messenger, is he, as he calls it himself, uh, if you're watching Simon, I hope you don't say this, he calls it tough love. He just doesn't tell you what you want to hear. He just ba- breaks through the BS and, and calls you out. He just calls you out. And he called me out for just like making excuses, not taking responsibility for my, my path in life, not making the impact that I should have been. And I'm like, he's right. And, and this is the crazy thing about mindset, isn't it? You have these blind spots. And, and they're called that because they're blind. And, and I thought I was doing all that. It wasn't until he called me out and made me realize through not a confrontational way, but certainly a way that was direct and impossible to ignore at the right time in the right conversation with the right energy, which is the real skill. It wasn't until then you're like, yeah, this needs to change. And it, it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But it takes the right person to tell you that, you know? Oh, yeah. We, we often get so deep and set in the things that we're doing. We can't really yeah. see the other opportunities that are around us, the things that are yeah. holding us back. And 
we, if we're lucky, we have friends that see this stuff, but most of the time our friends are supporters, right? And they're just rooting you on with no matter what you decide you want to do, but they're not always willing to challenge us and really push us and tell us that we're wrong and that we really need to, to focus on doing something differently or take advantage of the opportunities we have. And so it, I think it is so important to have a mentor or a coach or a mastermind group who can look at you and your life and the things you're doing and really challenge you to make some changes and really be the best version of yourself, which is why I have paid to be in a mastermind group for the last two years and why I have a coach and a mentor now who helps me all the time with this sort of stuff. So you were able to, lucky enough to find this mentor, Simon, and he, he really pushed yeah. you to change the way you were doing things what was that specific change that you needed to make that you needed to, to hear from him? I think there's two levels to that. The, the, first, the first way is obviously mindset. And I was experiencing, like, like many people do, fear. I was experiencing fear uh, on many levels. Poster syndrome, what if? The little gremlin on your shoulder. You know, you, you kick in, I could do this, this. Yeah, but what happens if it goes wrong? What happens if you get that? What happens if you fail? Ultimately, it boils down to fear of failure. And he was able to call me out and just say, like, I remember very clearly when he said to me, um, does it catch your attention? I was like, what? He goes, does it catch your attention? All this complaining, listen to you, you're moaning. Why, why are you complaining so much? There's people out there doing so much more with, you know, a fraction of the experience you've got. Why are you complaining? And, and out of context, it's very difficult to capture why that's so impactful. But when you're in the middle of a deep conversation and the way it's said and in the context it's said and with the, the certainty it's said and with the belief it's said, it means something, you know? And I'm like, he's right. So that's the first level. The second level, it was literally, as, as I kind of alluded to earlier, like, go back to what you know. We, we go on the first call, right? Let's sort out what you're going to do. What do you enjoy? Well, I do enjoy selling when it's the right thing. Okay, selling. What are you fantastic at? What have you got like 10,000 experience at? Selling. <laughs> okay. And how did you get leads? LinkedIn. So why don't you go and do LinkedIn selling? Well, because I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. And, and then you go to the whole conversation, you explore it and you realize you're just making up excuses, fear to avoid doing something. It, it sounds very simple, but it's the mindset piece and, and the, the business acumen to just tell me what's going to work. Go and do this, this and this and come back. And literally I left my ego at the door went and did this, this, and this, back to the call, do this, this, and this, called out a bit more, do this. And yeah, simple as it sounds simple, but yeah, that's how we've got where we are today, getting clients, fantastic clients like you and getting fantastic results. Yeah, I mean, but you got that, that kind of kick in the ass really from, the, from yeah. your mentor and coach, but you also went out and took action and made that change. And what you talked about, the imposter syndrome and the fear mm. of putting yourself out there, it's so common I mean, I dealt with that. I know so many other people deal with that and mm. I've moved past it to, you know, built mm. up a, a pretty good following and put a lot of stuff out there between podcasts and social media. Uh, but it was hard at first. And you do kind of, like what you said, you have, to, you have to check your ego and put your, put your ego aside because you're so afraid of what people are going to think of you. And yeah. then you realize that, like you said, you have all this expertise around selling and LinkedIn and you can help so many more people who were like you who wanted to build a business of their own and you know needed to get better at sales and using LinkedIn. And you have so much potential to help them. You just have to get the get past the fear that, you know, two or three of your old mates are going to be watching your feed and be like, oh, screw that guy. Right? Yeah. Like, 
who cares? <laughs> it's it, so weird. It, it literally, we actually had that conversation. He was like, yeah, I need you to post on your uh, personal profile a video. And I was like, yeah, heart thumping out the chest, right. all these sensations in my stomach. And he's just like, well, let's put it this way. If you don't do it, what's the point working together? Let's just call it a day because I want mm. you to be successful. And uh, if you're not going to do that, you're not going to be successful. And it, it just, it's just fantastic coaching because it just leaves you with no choice. The responsibility is on you to do it. And I did it and it was a breakthrough, you know? Yeah. So, and now I've got no issues over doing it. Come on interviews like this. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're putting a lot of great stuff on social media. I love your posts on Facebook that are all about LinkedIn. Yeah. And Mark is definitely a great person to follow for anyone listening. So let's talk about the business that you set up and, and what you do yeah. for your clients because I think it's, uh, it's fantastic. And I know you also made, in between the time I met you and what you're doing now, you made a bit of a pivot with that business as well, right? Yeah. So tell, me, tell me about what you set up and what you're doing now. Well, so we originally set up um, as a reflection of my story, you know, the, the path I'd taken, the journey I'd trodden for want of a better expression. That doesn't make sense, but anyway. Yeah, obviously I quit my job. So the initial kind of thing was, yeah, look, let's... Uh, Let's help people get out of their job by selling their existing skill set using the LinkedIn process I know. And we very, this, is, this is inherently something fantastic about LinkedIn. If you are not 100% sure in your offer, if you're not 100% sure who you can sell to and what value, LinkedIn is fantastic because we got in a hell of a lot of, using this process, we got in a hell of a lot of conversations with nine to five professionals, consultants, accountants, investment bankers, you know, at that, that sort of level. Loads of conversations and we were trying to get them out there job to set up themselves selling their existing skill set. But we very quickly realized that the model wasn't working. That is to say a business model for me in layman's terms is something that works most of the time with most of the people in your target market. Yeah. But they weren't taking action that I'm not saying this is not for everyone in a nine to five, but the proportion of people necessary for it to be a viable business were not taking action. That's to say they come on calls and then they wouldn't take the action. But by mistake, we were hitting people with side hustles. We were hitting people who were business owners, not hitting, but um, connecting with <laughs> expression. And they were taking action. We looked at our customer base. We're like, hold on, we're doing something targeting these people, but the clients are these. Let's start targeting these. So we literally, after a lot of frustration, you know, at this moment where I'm like, oh, yeah. But we changed it within two weeks we were flying and it's just gone up since then. So yeah, and now we focus on business owners and solopreneurs wanting to get going on LinkedIn and it came from that taking of action, you know? Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I think so many successful businesses have made that pivot and a lot mm -hmm. of other ones refused, unfortunately, but you set out yes. targeting one group and as yeah. you're sitting there targeting, you keep attracting these other customers and at some point you got to look and say, look, we're not really in this business over here. We are really yeah. in the business of helping coaches and consultants who have already yeah. made the pivot because it sounds like you had people who were paying you, you're giving them the tools, but they're not taking action, which is just completely disappointing to you, right? No matter how much yeah. money you're making because you want to see them succeed. Whereas you, on this side, you have people who can use your services who are taking action. Exactly. And, and, and that's the fantastic thing about LinkedIn you know, you can go and do that. You can go and do it organically. You don't have to kind of take a risk on costly Facebook ads. You, you can just go and find out. Talk to them. It sounds simple, but it, yeah, it really is that simple. So let's talk about that because I've been on LinkedIn for years and, and having been in professional services and sales for the last almost eight years, I've been using LinkedIn a lot, but I still don't know as much as you. And I know that lots of people out there don't use it that much and are wondering, mm -hmm. well, 
you know, I'm connecting with people on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Like, why should I be on LinkedIn? What's the, what's the big draw there? Okay, so the, the, the big draw is this. Uh, so let me just, perhaps the best way to answer this question is, is to kind of take a step back and, and outline how we decided to approach it. We looked at the market and anyone that's on Facebook or social media in the US or the UK, you've probably seen a fair few Facebook ads or posts about LinkedIn. And what we noticed is everyone's talking, there seems to be this obsession with leads, 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 leads. But as someone in professional sales, like me in my past, you understand that a sales process doesn't start with a lead. <laughs> That's like the first step. Then the hard work starts, you know. So we took a step back and we looked at all these people talking about volume of leads. And we realized that what we actually needed to be successful on LinkedIn was much like what I did in the past, which is looking at quality of leads and then having a process to take them through to completion and qualify them. So we've very much approached the market in a, in a different way, um, putting relationships first, putting quality conversations first, and having an entire process that qualifies them. So as my old sales manager always used to say, so you don't end up a busy fool. And that's very much what we've done with LinkedIn. We've realized that I, I use this so often, a trained monkey can get appointments on LinkedIn, yeah? But you'll just get pitched at. To get the professionals who are busy, who have their calendar booked out, you've got to build relationships first and you've got to do some hard work, you know? That's really the approach we're taking to LinkedIn. And it comes, and it was brought about from obviously my background doing that type of selling. So if I'm in professional services though, yeah. or B2B business, like why should I spend more time on LinkedIn than say Facebook or some other place? Okay, it's as simple as this, like uh, it's basic market message medium. Your market's going to be on LinkedIn. You can get your, it's, you've got, your, your market's there. If you get the right message to them through the right medium, you know, it's as simple as that. You are going to be able to connect with them. You're going to be able to build great conversations and you're going to be able to, you know, not just in the short term get, get leads, but in the long term build up a relationship, build up a network that is yours. You can literally search in LinkedIn for your industry, level of hierarchy, CXO, VP, zip code, years in the job. If you can't find your market doing that, you know, like, yeah, you've got to be on that platform, seriously, because it's, and you can even look at them. You can get the search in and you can look at people and see if that's your market. You can find your market. You can reach out. You can communicate with them. And if you're not doing business on there, like, seriously, you're leaving money on the table. I mean that, leaving money on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find that she's having been in B2B for the last, you know, eight years or so, like I said, everybody in business pretty much is on LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, if, if, if people are blue collar or they work in, you know, they're nurses or doctors or something like that, it might not be there, but everybody in True. corporations, in business positions that you might be selling to is on there. Not all of them are that active, but surprisingly what I find in, in being active on there and posting daily is that a lot of people that you think they're not active on there, they are on there, they're seeing stuff, they are connecting with people, they're sending messages. I mean, there are just hundreds of millions of professionals who make a lot of money and have buying power who are on LinkedIn every day. And like you said, you have the power, unlike with Facebook, which has a pretty good search functionality, but you can't really like use filters and drill down to say, right, like find me vice presidents of construction companies with at least... 1,000 employees in the state of Arkansas, like you can on LinkedIn. It's really amazing, especially if you pay for the premium features um, to really drill down and find, like you said, whatever target market you want. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And, and yeah, you're getting this response because if you don't mind me saying, Andy takes the right energy to LinkedIn. He takes the energy of wanting to help, the intention of putting his authentic stuff out there. And that's the key to LinkedIn. Yeah, I think so. And I think LinkedIn's made a little bit of a shift over the last few years because I remember when, you know, they were trying to get the the news feed going, right, to try to be a little bit more like Facebook. And people, I think, were very afraid to put any type of personal content out there and make it very professional, you know, Mm -hmm. their articles on business or whatever. But I've found that, uh, and I share a lot of business stuff, but I I also share, share some personal stuff. And the personal stuff gets usually more engagement, right? That's what people are really interested in. They're interested in getting to know other people, making a really authentic connection, getting to know who people are. And that's where you're, you're able to actually make connections and get some traction. I know that's kind of part of your, your strategy, right? So how, if I'm someone who, you know, maybe I've got a new business or I'm thinking about starting a business, getting into coaching or consulting or something like that, and I haven't had much of a presence on LinkedIn, you know, what's one of the first things, first couple of things I should be thinking about doing? Okay, so the first thing that's like, this is key. I mean, is find out if your business model is going to work on LinkedIn and, and if you can adjust it. Because, for example, if you're targeting dentists, I always use this as an example. They're too busy pulling teeth out. They're not on LinkedIn. They're not active. They're not in front of their computer. So forget about it. The second thing is LinkedIn is a noisy network. It's, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things going on there. A lot of people trying to do business, build connections. So you need to stand out. You need to stand out in the sense that find, I always say find your blue ocean. I'm inspired by the book. But what, what does that come down to in practical steps? You need to be pretty well branded and pretty well positioned so you're doing something different and people go, I want to work with this guy. For instance, the, bad, the best way to explain this is not what is by saying what not to do. Don't call yourself a life coach because, or a coach even because there's 2.4 million in the States alone. That's not standing out. That's not separating you from the market. That's not telling your personal story. So very much for me, it's about going with a personal brand. It's about hitting your audience's pain points with your story because your story is the ultimate differentiator. And it's about finding somewhere to fit in. I mean, what I did was very simple. I said, I have a LinkedIn process that goes way beyond lead generation, which it does. But there's so many people talking about lead generation on there. That very simple twist gets me a lot of responses. The second thing you need to do is you need to take the right, I just touched on then the right intention. The intention on LinkedIn is not to go selling, you know, like just chasing after people. No, it's to go in there and using normal conversation, like I said to you earlier, as if you're in a, a conversation in the line to check in at a hotel. Use normal conversation because what you're doing then is you're standing out from everyone else who's trying to pitch, trying to sell, trying to use corporate language because ultimately you need to build the relationship first. And the third thing I would say for anyone getting going, don't go and try and get a 60-minute meeting. Try and build the relationship and get a 15-minute call because if you're wanting busy professionals, they're going to be busy. They're not, they're, it's difficult to get them on a 60-minute call. So just get on a 15-minute call, have a great chat, see where it goes. Beyond that, obviously, you're going to need help, but you know, that's a great start. That's a great start to get going and get in conversations with people very quickly with the right energy, with the right intention. Yeah. So I heard find a way to stand out, right? And that yep. probably includes taking a look at your profile. What do you have yep. on there? What are you saying about yourself? How yep. do you describe yourself? Uh, what do you call yourself? Like you mentioned, a coach. Uh, there are a lot of coaches out there. Nothing, but- against coach, nothing against coaching, by the way. I have coaches. Just right. You have coaches. I am a coach. I have a coach. And I find that, and not always, but I feel like most people find coaches through personal relationships anyway. They're not going to go looking on LinkedIn and just search coach. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. And but even if you don't call yourself a coach, you can still go and do what you do anyway, you know, just by a different name. <laughs> yeah. This episode of the Entrepreneur Hot Seat is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is the first place to call when you need leaders to lead, sellers to sell, and your business to flourish. At Advantage, we offer creative learning solutions that can help accelerate leadership development, business acumen, sales performance, and business results. Our clients say we're imaginative, collaborative, insightful, and fun. For more info, visit AdvantagePerformance.com or call us at 415-925-925. 6832. And now back to the show. But going back to what I was saying about personal relationships, I think people mm-hmm. always prefer to buy and do business with people they know, right? And I'm finding mm-hmm. that more and more as I'm growing my business. And I'm so hyper-focused on personal relationships, going to conferences to meet people, networking with people, whether it be social media or at events. And what you're talking about with the approach is absolutely right. Because even if you're reaching out to someone cold from the beginning, the way you're able to talk to them and build a relationship, then that just lends so much more credibility for them to do business with you later. And I mean, we are a perfect example. I mentioned at the top of the podcast that I've hired you to help me with my LinkedIn strategy and LinkedIn automation. And I get, of course, plenty of people reaching out to me who help consultants and coaches get more business, right? On LinkedIn. There are a lot of people Mm -hmm. that do that type of stuff. Uh, but you and I got to know each other, build a personal relationship, and I've gotten to know you, and I know that you are someone I can trust. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me much more likely to want to do business with you. And it's interesting what you say, because that is one element of sales, to be able to take advantage of referrals. Your network is your net worth, some people say, but mm-hmm. and, and that's fantastic. But I, I think that I remember like day one in sales, I remember that my first sales manager gave me the Spin Selling book by Neil Rackham. And I remember these words he said to me, Mark, let me just tell you, these guys here, they're making a lot of money because they've mastered the ultimate sales skill. They can create business from nothing, from absolutely nothing. They can take a cold prospect through to being a client. And for me, a a business needs to be able to do both. They need to be able to network. They need to be able to to go to the events, build their network, proactively include, as we spoke about the other day, proactively include referrals, not just as a casualty, as an actual strategic approach, but they also need to be able to create business from literally nothing. As a salesperson, if you can create business from nothing, you're never going to be without a business. And that's that, that lesson and that spin selling book I've taken with me throughout my career up to now. I always remember it. I always remember it. Oh, it's fantastic, man. And uh, I, I like yeah. the approach. So someone's come on, they're, they're setting themselves on LinkedIn, you do the profile, you're, you're finding ways to set yeah. yourself apart really focused on authentic connections. Yep. Uh, what's the next thing I should be doing to actually start getting stuff going? You mentioned connecting with people, having real yep. conversations, setting up 15-minute calls. So how, is, how does the process usually look for most people? Yeah, so the, the, inevitably the 15-minute calls then lead into whatever your sales cycle is. So this explanation is directed to people that already have a business, already have an established sales process, always have a, already have a way that they know works. The 15-minute course should be a precursor just to lead into that. Simple as that. But what you don't want to do on LinkedIn is go straight into that. You don't want to go straight to a one-hour meeting on the phone because it's difficult. People won't commit to it. You're kind of filling time. What do you do? I've got an hour here, but I also want to meet them in person. And then you're on there for an hour and you end up... You you just end out of sync. It's a lot easier to do a 15-minute call to qualify, not fill up your diary, not fill up their diary. Get rapport. Because once you've got rapport... Um, a, a relationship with someone and they know who you are. It's then very easy 
the way we do it is obviously very specific and we've got this down to a science. We then take that 15-minute call into whatever the sales cycle is or we have our own, you know. So that might be a meeting in person. Um, that might be a, uh, an additional call over, you know, over Zoom or whatever. It, whatever it is, you've got to then move into your existing sales cycle. But the key is really adding this existing step in just to, to qualify because like, if you're going to drive like we used to do, like three hours to an appointment, not knowing if they're a decent client, like it's not good use of your time. So just do the 15-minute call. It's not good use of their time either. Right. So just use the 15-minute call, low commitment. I, 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 I say something like, well, I'd just like to reach out and have a conversation. You know, if I can help you, it'd be great. If not, it'd just be great to connect with someone else in my industry. Simple as that. that that's it. Yeah. And, and what, then besides, you, the, besides the longer calls, what other mistakes do you see people making on LinkedIn when they're trying to, to leverage that platform to grow a business? The biggest, the biggest mistake is people don't know how to communicate with people once they've connected. They don't know how to take that conversation from a conversation to a call. And, that, and therein lies the art of lead generation. It really, really does. It is, it is an art. It is a science. It is that, you know, you've got to find something that suits your style, suits your industry, suits the nature of the people you do business with. For instance, you can use a very different approach for invest, investment bankers in the city of London than you are for art directors in San Francisco, just as a random example. You've just got to find out what works for you with the right help. I mean, I can't teach that here, but that is really the difference between zero and success on LinkedIn. And we've been talking about it earlier. It's, it's about that transition into, into that call, into taking the client through from, a, from nothing to being a client. That, that's it. That's, I, I wish I could explain it clearer. It's, it's about building a relationship, adding value, but not too much, asking questions. You know, I always say don't ask questions, too deeper questions, because when you're in lead generation, because people don't want to talk about deep stuff to their therapists. People don't want to talk about deep stuff to their wife, let alone to a, a stranger on, on LinkedIn. It's top level. LinkedIn, yeah. It's top level. You've got to stay top level. The minute you go into a question where they're like, oh, I've got to think about that, you've lost them, you know? Right. So it's, it's stuff like that, that that makes the real difference. It makes yeah. the real difference. Where do you see all this going, Mark? Do you have a vision for where you want to get to uh, with your life and your business? Yeah, I do, actually. I mean, I, I'm very much of the opinion, what am I, 38, 10 years? How long has Facebook been around? Oh, I'm going to guess about 12 years now, maybe we're in, we're in yeah, 2018. I, I think I joined around 07, 08, something sometime around that time. And I know it was around for a couple of years before that. So the one thing that I know is certain in business, sales skills are always going to be useful and platforms are going to come and go. LinkedIn got bought out by Microsoft. Who knows what happened to Facebook when you see what happened this year? Instagram, platforms will come and go. Ultimately, my, aim, my, my kind of why is to help people transform their, transform their lives and fulfill their potential, just like my mentor did with, with me. Because although I run a LinkedIn program, once people are in the LinkedIn program, it's about personal transformation in order to get results. Because again, most things are mindset. So longer term, I find myself working with people to transform, transform their lives. And it's probably always going to be through a, some sort of sales skill. But yeah, I'm always keeping my eyes open. I'm always getting new skills. I'm always working with new mentors to ultimately fulfill that, that long-term vision of being able to transform people's lives. Whether that stays in LinkedIn for 30 years, who knows? Whether that stays in some, goes in something different, I don't know, but I'll always find a way because I've always been able to do it with, you know, with this falling back on sales. Yeah, I like that. And uh, just to make a correction, I looked it up. Facebook was founded in 2004 by Mark Zuckerberg. And I know it was, wow. it was probably a couple of years before uh, they opened it up to people who yeah. were not in colleges uh, in the US or whatever, right? So 
So maybe 06, 07, it started really opening up to the wide public. I know that's about the time I joined. But I, I like what you're saying there because your business is helping consultants, coaches, people in professional services get more business and make more money. But yeah. what you're really doing is helping people gain more of that freedom and living the life they want to live. Like what you're doing for exactly. me to help me get more clients is, is achieve more of my goals of living a more free life, be able to stay in business for myself and not have to go, you know, quit yeah. this and take a job somewhere, right? And exactly. so you always want to be in a space where you're able to do that. And I love that you said, you know, it may not always be on LinkedIn because you're right. Like LinkedIn got by my, bought by Microsoft. Uh, it's a pretty powerful platform, but 10 yeah. years from now, it might be completely obsolete, right? There might be something else that people are connecting on and doing business on. And we have to be prepared to pivot and not just hold on to things just because that's what we know. Yeah, we always have to be looking long term because I know that, uh, you know, the, the business leaders that I look up to and inspire like Jeff Bezos, like the late Steve Jobs, they're always innovating. They're always innovating. They're always, they're always 10 years ahead of the competition, let's face right. it. I'm yeah. not saying, I'm not, just, I'm not comparing them, my, me with them in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying <laughs> that I like to look up to them and, and try and think ahead, you know, into the future. Just to so be what clear. you're saying is you yeah. and Jeff Bezos. Yeah, uh, that's me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, you know, but these are good people to follow, right? I mean, yeah. if we were still uh, following Tom from MySpace, then uh, you yeah. know, we wouldn't be. Think, things are not, not not quite as relevant anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's uh, Mark? What's the biggest challenge that's getting in the way for you right now? Yeah. It's a good question. It's a good question. It's a nice problem. It's a nice challenge. That uh, the next challenge is how we how we grow while maintaining client results because. Client results are always going to be the priority for us. I believe in The Lean Startup is one of my favorite books, and they talk about there about client-driven growth. And we're very much about that. And so uh, that's part of our strategy, referrals, clients driving other clients. So we've got to, in order to grow, we, we can obviously grow through paid traffic. We can grow through client-driven referrals. But the ultimate challenge is how do we keep the results coming? And yes, we're doing it. So we're just going to gradually keep on growing. My challenge is... In, in the next few months to move from being a solopreneur to a business owner because I want to build a team. Don't want to do it too quickly. I'm not in this mad rush. Client results um, permitting, you know? So yeah, we're all about keeping that going and that will always come first in our business. Awesome. Mark, for anyone out there who is listening, who is still in a job, but they're not that happy and they really want to be an entrepreneur. I know I have a lot of listeners who are in that situation like you and I have been in the past. Uh, what's one piece of advice you give to them, something they should be doing or thinking about right now? I would say, have you asked yourself, have you internally made the decision that things need to change? Have you decided unequivocally, beyond reason, has that kind of switch kind of flicked that says, I need to do something about this? Because if it has, it's time to speak to someone. If not, and you're kind of like, no, this is comfortable, the likelihood is that the drive isn't there, the desire isn't there. For me, it went, and I was, that's enough. And certainly whenever I speak to people that, that have taken action, it's obviously the story sometimes represented in different words and different examples, but it's just this moment when you know you, you're going to do it. It's a must. If that's the case, and you know that deep down, and if I'm saying that and you're thinking, yeah, I know this, then it's time to have a chat with someone about taking action, putting a plan together. Someone in your network or, you know, or you or me, just, just have a chat and think about taking some steps because it is overwhelming. But someone who's walked that walk, who's 
trodden that path, can just tell you the next step. And then when you've reached there, the next step, the next step, the next step. And before you know it, your life will have transformed like ours did. Yeah, absolutely. And it's because we, I like how you put it earlier, like the, the Tony Robbins reference yeah. that you took it from a should or yeah. a, you know, would be nice to, I must do this. So if yeah. you feel like you must do this, then it's time to take action, talk to somebody, hire a coach, join a mastermind group, buy a course, and just go start taking action, you know, talking to people and, and get your business going. Mark, for anybody listening who wants to connect with you, reach out to you, learn more about your program, start taking some action there, uh, where do they go? What's the best, best, way, best method? Facebook is Mark Firth, um, friends with Andy. My website is Mark Firth Online. And of course, LinkedIn. Mark Firth. Yeah, I'm, I'm on all those platforms. Got Daily. it. That's, that's Firth, F-I-R-T-H. And we'll put uh, links in the show notes, of course. Uh, Mark, this has been uh, a lot of fun. I'm uh, excited to know you and to be working with you. And I think it's been great to have you on. So uh, thanks so much for coming on the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. Thanks, Andy. All right, take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. You can find more information at entrepreneurhotseat.com or my personal website, andystorch.com. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And if you have any questions or comments, or if you are looking for ways to take your life and business to the next level, you can send me an email to andy at andystorch.com. Take care.